Hey folks, I'm Pastor Jennifer Hodson and I am with Bryan Community Church in a little town called Bryan, Texas. Actually, it's an incredible town and I love to be a part of it. Um, typically, I try to record my sermons after I give them so that I can share with them online. Uh, however, I have missed a couple weeks. It has just been a busy season, which um, it's just my way of saying that God's been doing a lot of really good things in and around um, my life in this ministry. Um, but what I want to do is share with you um, what I've been talking about in the last few weeks. Um, I've entitled this series, Bad Religions. I was um, inspired by another sermon series. And so I've really just basically taken the concept of bad religion and um, Matthew chapter 23 and have worked it uh, to, to make it our own series in terms of Bryan Community Church. And I don't know about you and your faith, but um, I know that there have been times in my past uh, in which the church has gotten it wrong, where the church has hurt me or uh, people that I love and care about. And so um, one of my missions as a pastor is to do my darndest to um, show people what the church should be and um, how the church can be at its best. Um, and sometimes, though, we have to learn from when church gets it wrong or when faithful people get it wrong. And so um, specifically, we are looking at uh, some of the religious leaders back in Jesus' time and, uh, and we're talking about what Jesus had to say about them. And uh, so I hope you will um, be in prayer and have an open heart and mind as we dig into the word of God. Um, I don't know, I, I don't have a picture or I would show it to you, um, but you've seen the, the masks that they used to wear in ancient Greece, uh, haven't you? It's, um, it's typically, you might see like a white mask, uh, with a big smile on it and then um, there would be another mask maybe with a frown on it and uh, a mask that looks silly or, or looks like people are crying. So actors in ancient Greece they would wear these masks to portray a particular uh, type of person, uh, a feeling. Um, they would portray you know whatever it was that was taking place in the midst of the play. And I learned that uh, these masks were called Hippocrates, which quite literally means um, an actor or stage performer, right? And, and that's what was taking place. People would put on a mask to portray a man. They would put on a mask to portray a woman. And mostly it was the men who were performing, um, so they would put on female masks. And if somebody was happy or sad, you know, they would wear this this mask, and I encourage you, you can Google, um, you know, some of these old ancient Greece masks. Um, I also learned that the oldest masks, they were made out of uh, animal skin and linen or cork, real hair at times, and so um, these original masks you can no longer find because they deteriorated over time. Uh, but it, it comes from the word hypocrite. And um, that's what we're going to talk about uh, when the church gets it wrong and who we are called not to be as well as who we are called to be. And Jesus had a lot to say about hypocrites. Um, in fact, he spent like, the, the very last part of his ministry, that last 
uh, few weeks of his ministry really giving the religious leaders um, a hard time. And he would bring his disciples close and the crowds of people who would listen. And I think this was Jesus' way of preparing them for whenever he was no longer going to be physically present, that um, the disciples would be his future church leaders. And he wanted them to get their faith right and not to wear a mask and not to be a hypocrite um, as many people um, had been. And so this is where he focused his time uh, in the last um, you know, few moments of his life on teaching people what was right and what was wrong. I mean, he went into the temple courts and he overturned um, the money changer tables. He got angry because they had made uh, the temple into a den of robbers. The, 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 the people got it wrong. They were taking advantage of the poor. They were taking advantage of the people who were making um, a long trek in to come uh, during the Jewish Passover to make sacrifices. They were making money and profit at them. And so. Uh, future church leaders, he was saying to the disciples, and I think also he's saying to us, leaders of the church, um, your faith uh, is not about saying one thing and then doing another thing. Your faith is not about hypocrisy. And so here we find ourselves in Matthew chapter 23. He's with the disciples. He's with the crowds of people. And today in the passage I'm going to use, he speaks directly to the religious people. So if you have your Bibles, uh, you can follow along with me. We're in Matthew chapter 23, verses 13 through 22. And let me just read it to you um, quickly. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those who enter, or those who enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying. There we go. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Woe to you, blind guides! You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gold of the temple is bound by that oath, you blind fools. Which is greater, the gold of the temple that makes the gold sacred? You also say, if anyone swears by the altar, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gift on the altar is bound by that oath. You blind men, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Therefore, anyone who swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And anyone who swears by the temple swears by it and by the one who dwells in it. And anyone who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and by the one who sits on it. That's a lot. Um, let's try to unpack this for a moment. First of all, uh, Jesus is very powerful in his words. This word, woe, woe to you. This was very strong. It commanded attention. People knew when they heard it. Um, that they better listen up. Uh, the religious leaders would have recognized it. Uh, woe was used uh, by Amos and by Isaiah as they warned about God's judgment. Uh, and it was also um, a word that came with great sorrow and distress. Like, whoa, like, man, you're, you're missing out. I need you to hear this. So Jesus, um, Jesus came with a heart and he taught with his heart and wanted the people to understand just how important his words were, and he wanted them to listen. 
So here we go. Woe to you, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who enter to go in. Now, what does this mean? Well, first of all, the Pharisees, they didn't recognize who Jesus was. They didn't want to admit that he was God's son, that he was the long-awaited Messiah. And so, um, you know, this is Jesus saying, woe to you. You're missing out on being a part of the kingdom of God. You're, you're saying that I'm a blasphemer because I'm claiming God as my heavenly father and, and claiming that I am also God. And because of that, he says, woe to you. Because you're going to miss out on the great things that God has for you if you would just place your trust in me. And not only are you going to miss out, but the people that you are leading, they're missing out too. I don't know. I kind of equate this with somebody who has everything that they could ever want, right? They have the perfect spouse. They have the perfect children. They have the perfect house, but they don't realize how good they have it until it's on God. And so this is the sorrow that, that Jesus is saying, like, woe to you. Like, man, don't miss out on what is standing right in front of you. And then he continues with verse 15. Woe to you, for you travel across sea and land to make a single convert. And when you have success, you make them two times as much a child of hell as you are. Now, I had to get help with this. I, every week I, I study my commentaries before I write my sermons. Um, there had been something known as Phariseeism. Uh, this was basically what we might call discipling today, only it was the Pharisees who went out, they would make a convert, and they would bring them into the Jewish religion, and they would teach them how to be a Pharisee, and they would teach them how to um, live out the law uh, according to their ways and their interpretation. Um, the problem, however, is again, it goes back to uh, the Pharisees, the religious leaders. They didn't know Jesus and they didn't know the kingdom of God. Uh, they were missing it. And so woe to them because you go out and you're inviting people to come be a part of your faith. The only thing is you're inviting them into something that that is 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 not enough, right? It's um, it's not the fullest unless you you make Jesus your Lord, your Savior. And so again, Jesus is kind of disappointed. Woe to you, man. You're, you're going and you're doing these things. But yet, when you bring people into your fold, you're not teaching them in, you know, the, the fullness of who God is and God who loves and cares for God's people by sending his son, Jesus, by sending Jesus, by sending me. This is what Jesus is saying to them. And then I read somewhere that the church, um, the church today can sometimes get caught up in doing this, that we get excited to reach people, to bring them into our church, into our traditions. Uh, and we do that only we fail to teach them to be like Christ. And I know that's hard. I told my congregation to put their toes under their chairs. Um, you know, we teach them the hymns and we teach them the worship songs and we have them memorize creeds and prayers and scripture. We encourage them sometimes to dress a particular way. Let me say though, um, Jesus says, come as you are. It's not about what you wear. You can wear heels and a dress if you want, or if you want to wear sandals and shorts. Um, I don't think God cares about what we wear. I 
think it's about our heart. But anyways, I digress. The point here is we have to be careful, church, disciples, religious leaders, that we don't mislead people away from Jesus, but instead we show them Christ. It's not about our traditions. It's not about the the scripture that we can memorize because we can memorize scripture, but that doesn't mean that our actions are going to match what we've memorized. And then finally, there's this long passage. I'm not going to read it all to you again, but from verse 16 through 22, another woe in this passage, you blind guides. So here, Jesus, he's turning to talk about oaths, and he's using um, the topic of oaths to make a point. Um, oaths or vow were very, vows were very important to Jesus and in, or very important to the Jewish faith. And so he makes um, vows or oaths or promises an example for the Pharisees, the religious leaders, so people who were listening um, to think through. Uh, in Numbers verses 30, verse 2, Chapter 30, verse 2, it says, If a man vows a vow to the Lord or swears on an oath to bind himself by a pledge, if he promises, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. A.K.A. Right? Talk is cheap. Even Jesus teaches, let your yes be yes. Meaning, let your words match your actions. And basically the Pharisees, they were teaching people that if they somehow swore by one thing but not of another, then their vows, their oaths, their promises, they were not valid, okay? So this gets a little confusing here. Let me pick it apart just a minute. So basically they would say that if you swear by the temple, that that swear, that promise, that oath would not be valid. However, if you swear by the gold of the temple, well, then that's a valid oath. Let's try another one. If you swear by the altar, well, then that means nothing. I swear by the altar that I'm going to pay you back. Well, your your word then means nothing. However, you know, the Pharisees, they would, they would be making up these rules. If you swear by the gift of the altar that you'll pay that person back, well, then that oath, that vow, that is a promise that is valid. And, and Jesus just kind of shakes his head. I'm imagining this, you blind men. You're ridiculous. You're dumb. You're, you're kind of making things up. And more importantly, you're swearing against God by using an inanimate object, an object that can't hold anyone accountable. It's only God who can hold people accountable. Y'all, get it right. In other words, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Your teachings are misleading and you're causing people to sin against God in the process. So church, what masks do we wear? What rules do we make up? Are we teaching others so that they're being led to Christ, or are we teaching others so that we are leading them away from God, away from Jesus, away from the kingdom? Uh, I read it once that the reason people are becoming atheists, the number one reason why people are becoming atheists is because the church gets it wrong. Ouch. Ouch. So what masks are we wearing? Maybe we are failing to keep our words. 
Maybe we're failing to show up to the event that we promised that we would show up to. Maybe we promised that we would volunteer to do something, but then we, we don't. Maybe we say that we're going to work on an addiction, but then we never go to AA. Maybe we promise to our husbands or to our wives or to our children that we're going to go to church, that we're going to go to counseling, we're going to be transparent, we're going to plan a date, we're going to make the call, we're going to quit the habit. And then we, woe to you. And this is the challenge. As Brian Community Church, as men and women of faith, those of us who call Jesus our Lord and Savior, we've got to start taking down those masks. We've got to make ourselves vulnerable. We've got to quit trying to show this picture perfect on social media. We've got to quit making promises and then fail to follow through. We've got to get honest with ourselves. We have to get honest with others. And then we've got to make that commitment to live out our faith. And we have to make that commitment that we are going to love others and that we are going to be generous and we are going to admit that our worship is about the heart and not about the music. And when we get it wrong, because we're going to get it wrong, and there is grace and there is forgiveness. Jesus teaches us that. But when we get it wrong, we do it with humility and we apologize. And then we do what we can to make it right again. You see, because I think people are not looking for perfect. I think people are looking for real and authentic. And if we're going to reach people for Jesus, if we're going to invite others to know our Lord and Savior, if we want people to be a part of the kingdom of God, then we have to be honest. Apologize for where we've messed up and then get back to work to make it right. Because the church is not about the law. It's not about the building. It's not about the tradition. But it's about the relationship with Jesus. That's what he wanted people to understand. And that's why he shared what he did. He wants to make sure that we take off those masks. That we don't have to hide behind them. Because guess what? If we did do something wrong, he offers forgiveness. So he says to the disciples, come close. I want you to listen. And he challenges the religious leaders. Come close. I want you to hear this. Because I love you and I care for you. And I want you to get it right. Brothers and sisters, thanks for joining me.